0: welcome back to Awakened to grace today we are in part two of a sermon on the meaning of the word hallelujah we're calling this series church words the language of heaven and the reason why we're calling this series not only church words but the language of heaven is because many of the words we use in our churches today well friends this is some of the same language that the bible teaches we're going to use in heaven. If that's the case, if some of these words are going to be eternal words for us, then I want to know the meaning behind them. I want to know the weightiness of such great, rich, biblical words, and that's the purpose of our study. So today we are going to continue our sermon, our study on the word Hallelujah. If you've missed any of this series, make sure you go back and listen to the others and walk through this series with us. I hope you enjoy today's episode of Awakened to Grace. Not only is it written in the imperative mode which is a command so that we don't sit in despair, it's written in a plural form, which says to me, congregation, which says to me, as a church, we ought to be lifting our hallelujah to the Lord. Now, let's understand this. I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, but follow me on this. Now, these psalms were vastly important to Jewish life. These are called the Egyptian psalms. Deliverance Psalms. It begins with chapter 113 and chapter 114 and goes all the way to chapter 118. Do you... So so first, let's understand this. When was Passover inaugurated? Do you remember that? It was at the exodus of the Jews, of the Israelites out of Egypt. You remember they went down to Egypt with Jacob and his sons to be with Joseph. Many generations later, the Bible says that the Pharaoh then did not know Joseph. And God so blessed the Hebrews, they began to outnumber the Egyptians. And so the Pharaoh said, what are we going to do if they continue to outnumber us? They will overpower us. And so he devised a plan to enslave the Jews. And so for 400 years... The Israelites served as slaves to the Egyptian people. Well, after 400 years, God raised up a man named Moses to free Egypt. And if you have ever read all that ah, transpired, the drama, those very dramatic ten plagues, right? To cause Pharaoh to let Israel, Israel go. The last plague was the death angel. And you remember what the Israelites were commanded to do if they put the blood over the doorpost of their home. What did the death angel do? The death angel passed over. And I'm going to show you in a minute how the second death will pass over us, will not even recognize us, just as the death angel did not recognize the Israelites on that fateful night. And so Pharaoh says, I will let the Israelites go, and they, exodus, they exit out of Egypt, which is where we get the book Exodus in the Old Testament. <coughs> and from then on, the Jews have always observed Passover. In the Gospels, when Jesus observed Passover, right before he was crucified, you remember there he instituted the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, what today we call Communion. The Gospels say that after, he, he, after they observed Passover, they sang a hymn. Do you know what most likely they sang? So Jews, all through these centuries, would sing Psalms 113, Psalms 114 before the Passover meal. Then they would sing Psalms 115 to 18 after the Passover meal. Most likely Christ sang these psalms. How special it is to go back and read them thinking of Christ at the Last Supper. Singing these songs with his disciples. What a special thing. And so when the Jews would look back. Now follow me. When they would look back at their redemption. Which was Passover. The Jews would look forward to Messiah coming. Friends Messiah did come. And when did Christ die on the cross? Do you remember? At the exact moment of Passover. Do you remember how John the Baptist introduced Jesus? John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Every Jewish boy and man, their ears perked when John said that. Because Jewish boys knew what it was to go and find the spotless Lamb carry it with their fathers to Jerusalem and make atonement for their family. They all knew what that meant. And when John said, Behold the Lamb of God, they knew exactly what John was saying. He is the sacrifice for sin. He's the atonement for sin. He is the spotless, perfect Lamb of God. And when was the Lamb slain upon that cross? At the precise Hour At the precise moment of Passover. When atonement. At, on the day of atonement. On that, on that exact time. When they would have been making sacrifice. When the high priest was making sacrifice. Now we fast forward. Now go with me for a moment. Let's go to the book of Revelation. Because I want to show you. This is where much of Jewish life. And much of Christianity intersect. In Revelation chapters 4 and 5. Particularly 5. We see the people of God. Around the throne of God. In my view. This is after the rapture. This is the church. Around the throne of God. This is actually the Bema. Judgment seat of Christ. And all of the churches there. There. From the day of Pentecost to the rapture of the church, the entire church of Jesus Christ is here. And John says it's a number that could not be numbered around the throne of God. And what John saw in the midst of this number, he calls it the 24 elders. And, 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 and I believe that represents the church of Jesus Christ. I believe it's us. You and I will be there on that day Seeing, experiencing, witnessing everything that John recorded. And what does he see in the midst of the throne? He sees the Lamb of God as slain. He sees Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Now here's what I want to show you. Why is God worthy of our hallelujah? Why do these Psalms 113 to 118, why do they matter to us? Why is God so worthy of the praise in our life? Because just as the Jews looked back to Passover at their redemption, just as they looked forward to Messiah coming, we do very similar. We look back to Calvary where the Lamb of God was slain on our behalf. And we look forward to the millennial kingdom when God sets up His kingdom on the earth. Friends, that is our final, final deliverance. So where are we? What's what's happening on the earth at this time? That's Revelation 5. Now go to Revelation 19 and let me show you. What has transpired between Revelation 5... And Revelation 19 is the great seven-year tribulation period. And watch what John says. This is at the end of the tribulation. And notice what John says. Revelation chapter 19 verse 1. John heard a loud voice. In the Greek, that word loud voice is where we get our English word, megaphone. <laughs> and he heard this loud voice coming from the people of God, from the angels of God. Now, listen, try to get this, try to get this scene in your head. In, John, in, in Revelation 5, John says there's so many angels present, he calls them maraud upon maraud. Do you know what that means? In the Greek language, maraud is the highest numeric value. You cannot get higher in number in the Greek language, and the number is 10,000. And in that ancient day, that's as high of a numeric value as you could possibly count. And John says that there is maraud upon maraud. What he's saying is it is a number that is so high. It's a number that is so great that it cannot even be calculated. It cannot even be counted. It is 10,000 upon 10,000. In other words, you can't even calculate it. In that language, that's what he's saying. Now here are the angels and here are all of the people of God. And we have witnessed what God is doing in the tribulation. We know. We know that the time has come. We know what's happened with the great city Babylon that is to come. We know about the battle of Armageddon that is to come. And the people of God well know what's going on. And when that time comes, that's Revelation chapter 19, which happens to be my favorite chapter of the Bible at the moment. And when that time comes, John says it is the marriage supper of what? Of the Lamb. Do you see the thread? Passover. Passover. The lamb is slain. The blood is on the doorpost and the death angel passes over the people of God. At Calvary, the Lamb of God is slain on our behalf. His blood is applied to our life. And the Bible says in the last chapters of Revelation that one day people, lost people will suffer a second death. But do you know what it says in Revelation 2? That the people of God will not be harmed by the second death. you know what it literally means? that word harmed in the Greek literally means not recognized it will pass over us it will not even recognize us because of the blood of the lamb and Revelation chapter 19 just as we look back at Calvary and we look forward to the marriage supper of the lamb we look forward to the glorious millennial kingdom Friends, on that day, do you know what you find in Revelation chapter 19? Now say amen if you're with me. Do you know what we find? Four times. The word hallelujah is only mentioned four times in the entire New Testament. And guess where it is? All four in chapter 19. All four right here. It's written over 40 times in the Old Testament and only four times in the New Testament. And it's all in chapter 19 as we are about to be with Christ in the great marriage supper of the Lamb. Friends, is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Will you join us on that great marriage supper of the Lamb? And that day, on that day, John says, he heard voices like the roar of many waters, like mighty peals of thunder. Friends, we're going to be there. We are in this scene. This is our future. And do you know what? We shout with all of our might. We will shout, Hallelujah. What a glorious day that will be. And John describes it all to us. If that's the case, (laughs) then how much more should we say hallelujah today? If we can look back to Calvary and we can look forward to the coming kingdom in the middle, friends, we can praise the Lord. You can take whatever circumstance you face. You can take whatever trial you're in. You can take whatever grief you're in. You can take whatever sorrow you're in. And by faith, you can say today, Hallelujah to the Lord. Even in the midst of it, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is your life a praise unto God? I know you have challenges. I know you have dark days. I know you have questions. I know you have doubts. And I know you have fears. But do you rise above it all and still lift a hallelujah to the Lord? Perhaps today you're in a circumstance that you don't see any way out. Perhaps you don't know how the story is going to end. Perhaps you don't even know if God's going to deliver you. Let me tell you, my friend. Not later. Now, God wants to hear your hallelujah. Not later. You say, Chad, I don't even know if God's going to work it out. Listen, the three Hebrew children, before they faced that fiery furnace, they told King Nebuchadnezzar, Oh, King, God is more than able to deliver us. But if not, but if not, and you may say, Chad, I don't know if God's going to work things out the way I want. I don't know if, I, I don't know. Friends, that don't matter. God deserves your hallelujah now. Not later. In the midst of it. Not after you've come through it. And you know what happens? See, again, this is why it's a command. Because the more you exercise that, the more you see no, God is at work in your life. He is working things out. Romans eight twenty-eight. I can tell you, child of God, God is going to work all things together for your good. But see, what God wants right now is a hallelujah in the midst of the fire, not after you've come through it. One day you and I will actually view we will actually see according to the Bible the armies of the world gather for the great battle of Armageddon and we will see Jesus Christ chapter 19 we'll see him come and set up his kingdom on this earth read it for yourself chapter 19 and do you know what will be our expression? four times it's recorded hallelujah I think if we could say it then then we can say it now and trust that just as God's going to deliver then he's going to deliver us today so whatever you're facing today raise a hallelujah to the Lord your heads bowed your eyes closed what do you need from God Let me tell you what He wants from you. Praise. Praise. Hallel. Action. It's a verb. Hallel. Praise. Will you praise Him right now in whatever you're facing? Will you praise Him right now, even though it may be difficult? Praise Him now. So, Father, we thank You for these words out of the Bible. From the rising of the sun to its setting, Your name should be praised. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Help your people today, Lord. Perhaps you're here today and you say, Chad, I need God's strength today. I need God's help today. You're welcome to slip out of your seat and come to this altar. You can sit, you can kneel, you can stand, whatever you need. People will pray with you. Just slip out of your seat if you need strength from the Lord today. If you need guidance from the Lord today. But listen, don't just bring your need. And that's okay, bring that. Because Jesus says, cast your cares upon me. He cares for you. But don't just bring your need. Bring a hallelujah with it. Bring a praise with it. And offer that to the So, God, today we offer our hallelujah to you. We say, as they say in Revelation 19, as we shall say in Revelation 19, amen and hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns, Revelation 19, 7. And the bride of Christ has adorned herself, made herself ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb has come. Oh, what a future. (laughs) What a future. What a glorious hope. But until you deliver us, Lord, from this present evil age, while we walk through this world of woe, we utter our amen to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians one twenty. We shout our hallelujah to the Lord. Psalms 113.1 And we acknowledge you as worthy God. The circumstances of our life will come and go. Difficulties will come and go. Heartaches will come and go. People will come and go. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13. You are the same, God. You never change. And because of that, Lord, we can lift our hallelujah above all the trouble, above all the pain, above all the suffering. We can rise above all of that where you sit on your glorious throne, unchanged, unhindered, sovereign. And we can say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I love you today, Lord. And I thank you that in my hardest moments, you've been there with me. And in my most difficult of days, you have not coddled me, but you have commanded me. Chad, Worship, praise. I thank you for it, God. Grow my faith. Grow me into spiritual manhood and maturity. And Teach me, God, to offer my hallelujah with joy and sincerity. Help your people. I pray a special blessing on every family today. Every family that is here, every family that's watching or listening online, we speak a blessing over them, God. Thank you for your goodness. For surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. Hallelujah. In Jesus' most wonderful name, amen. Take Awakened to Grace with you on the go. When you download Awakened to Grace on your device, you will have access to hundreds of resources we create, all for free. Sermons, music, articles, and more. Download Awakened to Grace wherever you get your favorite apps. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion That will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, Awakendograce.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. And when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at Awakendograce.com.